0: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four
1: weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
0: Hi there. just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast or even watch it on YouTube. I would love to hear what you think. I would love to get any suggestions and understand what kind of content you're looking forward to. To hearing more about. So please rate, please comment, please subscribe. And if you leave a review for the podcast, you'll get a freebie for efficient goal setting. So make sure to do that. Welcome to the podcast, She is Fab, where we discuss all things Fab, women empowerment, and live coaching. My name is Evelyn, also known as the Fab Chief Desk, and I am a mindset transformation coach. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the She Is Fab podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking to Lisa Santiago McNeil. She has an amazing story. She is an author. She wrote her own book called Discovering Your Why, a journey to wholeness that helps other women to find their inner strength and power. On top of that, she is a successful, six, successful six-figure coach and a publisher And she's helped over 90 authors tell their story of overcoming and help them to stand in that power. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me, Evelyn. Of course, I'm excited to have you and learn more about you. So tell us a little bit more about your history. What led you to this path to becoming as successful as you are? So I think every
1: success probably is in direct proportion to the failures. (laughs) And so I did, I experienced, I first had a very, very, very difficult upbringing and a lot of things I had to forge out of. And I think that created the resilience in me that was necessary to be willing to consistently push forth to become successful as a coach and as an author. Um, but ultimately, I really believe that success simply comes from deciding not to fail.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That More is a great point
0: else. that you make. So I always tell people, failure is not a bad thing, right? A lot of times mm-hmm. failure is what teaches us and motivates us to improve upon so that the next thing Absolutely. that we do has a greater chance of success. So I love Absolutely. that you said that your success was stem from a lot of failures.
1: A lot of them. Absolutely. And some of them were my failures and some of them were calamities that I fell into. Um, but either way, it's about perspective. Also, how you looked at the situation that you were in, whether you decided, oh, this is bigger than me or whether you decided it's, Hmm, this taught me something big.
0: I love that. I know it's true. We have to learn. People don't look back at their experiences often, right? I feel like it is important to self-reflect, to look back at your experiences, both positive and negative, but not to dwell on the negative so much. Just take the tidbits that you can from that learning experience and apply it going forward.
1: Absolutely. That is typically what I do in my coaching sessions. It starts with reflection, the five step manifestation process. Actually, it starts with reflection because I need to know where you came from. I need to know what you've been through because oftentimes there's, there's nuggets of wisdom nestled in those experiences. And if you can get the help that you need, to pull the wisdom out of it, then oftentimes the wisdom from the pain in your experience becomes your fuel and your purpose. It just actually comes out and it ends up being the very thing that will take you higher and higher and higher.
0: That is very true. I love that you're speaking my coaching language. (laughs) So did you always know that you wanted to be a coach or did you transition from one thing into then becoming a coach?
1: I always knew I was going to be a coach. Um, I didn't know the name coach at that time. I uh, thought it was teacher um, or minister or healer, Um, but I've always known, I've always done what I do. I've always been one that helped people to uh, express themselves to to hear, heal themselves, to hear themselves, and to be able to make sense of some of the chaos, even as a very young girl, like even before my time, if you will, um, those were things I could always see perspective. I could always see perspective.
0: Gotcha. So it's like you were meant to, To come into this role, even from a young age, you you didn't know quite what, but you had the aptitude, the personality, the want Mm. to help others.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And even in corporate America, I was always, um, I was always a coach or a mentor in management. So it's always been, it's always been someone to help someone else to get further than they could on their own with only the perspective that they have themselves. Because so often it's what you can't see that is the missing pieces. So yeah, Mm -hmm. coming alongside you and walking you through that process of manifestation and encouraging my clients along the way to help them to go from just what they know. Because a lot of times you know something intrinsically, but you don't understand how to articulate it. Or package it or present it. And even worse, you don't know how to monetize it. Mm-hmm. And Those I want to see my friends. coaches not only effective, but financially secure as well.
0: Mm-hmm. So in terms of you're a coach for coaches, right? That's one of the, the mm-hmm. taglines that I saw when I first said it's to know about your background a bit. What prompted mm-hmm. you to want to work specifically with coaches
1: very simply i wanted to make the most impact of helping people to heal from what they were dealing with and so initially i was serving clients directly serving clients you know coaching them through their their experiences coaching them through their situations and I think after like my first year successful in that, the very, the, the, it, the very unique thing that happened over and over and over again was once a, co- once a person that I was coaching got healed to the place of understanding, they immediately were looking for somebody else that they could help. Mm. And so it birthed a crop of people that now said, Oh my God, thank you so much for helping me with that. I wish I could do what you do. Well, you can. And actually it's multiply. It allowed me to multiply myself by helping other people to become coaches and to help other people.
0: Yes. Paying it forward. It's a form of paying it forward. You're helping them go through their processes. Having them develop their skill set and then they in turn go out mm-hmm. there and impact the world as well. So I'm curious, Absolutely. I have to ask because you're, you know, coaching other coaches and helping them to become better coaches. Have you developed mm-hmm. or thought about developing or are in the progress of developing maybe your own co- coaching certification?
1: Yeah. So I do have empowerment certification. And the reason why I don't have coaching certification program is because the coaches that I coach are developing expertise in their own area of their healing. I don't always know exactly the expertise that they have. I help them to flesh it out. And then I help them to systematize it. That doesn't make me an expert in what they do. That makes me an expert in helping them to create their own systems and their processes of empowerment so that they can use their personal skills, gifts, and talents to help those that they were sent to help save and serve. Sometimes it requires them to get other certifications. If it is outside, if it is in the scope of something that requires that, like there are certain, um, like some of the Reiki specialists, they have to get certified in stuff. There are certain, um, There are certain subsets of coaching that require certain types of certifications. I don't offer those certifications, but as an empowerment coach, I am a master trainer and I can coach you to coach others outside of those subsets. And if you require those additional trainings, then I can make those introductions to those other programs.
0: Gotcha. This is what I like when I talk to coaches that they know their shit. (laughs) Okay, Lisa, obviously knows her stuff, and she's helping coaches to, yeah, snap, snap, (laughs) to articulate what they may inherently know, but not quite understand how to put out there. And any good coach worth a grain of salt works with other coaches. They seek help. They seek development from other coaches. And Lisa is one such coach that you could leverage if you want to improve as a coach. So tell me more about your program, about that empowerment certification that you have.
1: Yeah. So the empowerment certification is a three-part process. It comes from, disco- it starts with discovery. First, got to uncover what your superpower is. And then we move to transformation. How do you leverage that and move it into something that we can see, hear, feel, and understand and communicate to someone else? And then after trying to Transformation is manifestation. So now how do we prepare you to earn your first five-figure month, your first $5,000 month, your first client? How do we put you together to actually manifest your own coaching program and get you out there where the world is expecting you and respecting you?
0: Yes, keyword, respect because, you know, as coaches, especially when you're starting out and you don't quite know the ins and outs of how to do certain things, you know, you're your CEO, you're the employee, you're the marketer, it's all on you. You may be overwhelmed. You may feel like you don't have the right authority, the right skill set. And in some ways you can actually disrespect yourself and what you're trying to do because you feel you're lacking in various areas. I love Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So one of the biggest parts of that is aside from developing
1: their system, creating and developing their system is also telling their story. Because like you may know, and many people understand with coaching, it's not always a clinical background that breeds the most excellence. Sometimes it's the devastating circumstances And the overcoming of those circumstances that really breeds the excellence, right? I've been through some crap. That's why I can do this. That's why I can help you get out of it. That's why I can help you, you know, move beyond it as well quicker than you could on your own. Well, what we do, which is, which is what we use to present them now to their waiting public. In such a way that they don't have to tell each person, excuse me, here's what I do and what I did and how I learned it. That's mm-hmm. where writing and publishing their books come from, right? Because when you write and publish and release your book, now you're letting the world, particularly your subset of the world, because each of us has a niche, right? Mm-hmm. So you're letting your niche know, I'm here. I'm waiting for you. And if you don't believe I can help you, here's my story. And you don't have to tell them all one by one, right? You don't have to. They don't have to invest a lot. Go ahead.
0: Yes, that was a good segue because I wanted to ask, how does the authoring come into play? Because you're an author yourself, but you also have helped other women or other clients that you coach with authoring their own books. So how is that tied in? Is that part of the the certification program as well? Or is that a separate it, kind of track? Yeah,
1: both. So it started out as part of the certification program because uh, like I said, in order to present someone, let's say you're coming from working at the supermarket and you want to become a coach. Everybody knows you as somebody who worked at the supermarket and they don't quite understand how are you qualified to coach in this particular area. But by Writing and publishing your story as it aligns with your coaching, you're giving the world a chance to shift in their understanding of who you are. And so how it first started, I wrote and published my book. I wrote and published my book and my coach at the time charged me to have it finished and published by June of 2015 get it published, get it written. By June of 2015, I will make it a bestseller, but you've got to get it done. So what did that mean? I had to freaking get it done. Mm -hmm. At that time, I didn't have any money. I didn't have any background experience in publishing. I didn't have anything except for all the debt that I had scraped together to take that coach's class. And so I'm like, no, I got to get something out of this. I got to get this book published so she can make it a bestseller and people can know who I am. So I went to Google University (laughs) (laughs) and YouTube University, and I got myself a PhD. (laughs) And I figured out how to publish that book. I published the book. She did exactly what she said. It went bestseller before the end of that month. And that was amazing. And everybody that I knew was like, oh my God, that is so awesome. I'm so proud of you. And can you help me publish my book? So they were more interested in, can I help them to publish their book than they were in my story or my book? And I had to say, all right, God, what does the clue look like? You know, I'm I'm paying attention. And of course, as a coach and a mentor, even though that was not necessarily at that time, I was a certified empowerment coach. I was a master trainer empowerment coach alone, solo, right? Mm -hmm. But as a coach, my spirit is always to help someone to get at least where I am, at Mm -hmm. least where I am. I, I may not get them to here and here and here and here and here. But if I can at least help them to get to here, then I am doing what God created for me to do. Okay. So I began to help uh, help them to write and publish their stories. And as I taught, I also learned. As I taught, I also learned. And of course, always continuing to study because I wanted to make sure that I was always providing the best that I could. Mm-hmm. And so I learned a lot, not only about publishing, but about marketing and about business development to develop a business out of their books, out of my book and theirs. I mm-hmm. actually have had, uh, I had, I had a, several experiences where I sold maybe 10 books and made $10,000, $12,000 by understanding that it's not about the book. It's about the business. And so mm-hmm. being able to teach that to my clients so that they can do that. And that's really what made me say, well, you know what? This is still letting me coach because even though many of the women that came to me, they just wanted to tell their story. And I'm like, this is great. You can tell your story and I'm happy to show you. But if the information in here is important, don't you want to make sure as many people hear it as possible? And if, yes. so if you don't market it, if you don't brand it, if you don't go out and find the people that need it, then you really didn't do your due diligence with it. Mm -hmm. And so it allowed me to leverage that and the publishing company was created and it really took off as an integral part, an integral part of the, um, of the process. So never turned back. Now it's now it's integrated.
0: Yeah, no, it's amazing. You, you said over 90 individuals and, and who knows, that number's probably changed since since you It's almost
1: a hundred. By the end of this month, it'll be I will break my first hundred books published.
0: Yeah, that is awesome. Wow, round of applause. <laughs>
1: Thank you. Especially bitch. because,
0: you know, you are a woman of color. I'm a woman of color. And I feel like, you know, we're already a minority being women, but now you add the, the background, the cultural background to it. And things are a little more complicated. So guys, don't kill me for this, but I have to give round of applause to my fellow colored women, okay? It's hard That's for right. us out here.
1: <laughs> That's so, right.
0: How long did it take you to write your book?
1: um I wrote my book over the years. I didn't write it as one... Collective sitting down. I'm, I was a (laughs) journaler and I've always been an avid writer. My book, discovering your why, a journey to wholeness is a collection of stories that I learned from experiences that I learned from over the years and the lessons included in them. So all told, I pulled from here and there and here and there when it was time to pull them together. But I had 30 days from the time that that coach gave the clarion cry and actually getting the book out
0: (laughs) and (laughs) since then
1: i have helped people to publish in uh, i think the shortest time that we the book was published we didn't have it back in our hands yet but the book was published within 24 days so we were waiting for it to be mailed out but yeah Mm -hmm. but usually it takes much longer than that uh give i give six months to my group class Mm -hmm. um because we're working together, I have a publishing group that mm-hmm. I uh, have done. This is my second year with the group, where it's not one-on-one; it's a lot more cost-effective, but it still allows us to work together to get the process with them and to help them to birth that book. Um, mm-hmm. Six months to a year has been the effective time frame with the with that group. Uh, mm-hmm. But it really, your book gets born when it gets born. You know, it really gets, it's ready when it's ready. We do start, we do start very structurally and I provide a lot of accountability with time because I often find that much of the problem with the book getting published is that the book is not getting written. They're not Mm -hmm. being accountable to their time and to Mm -hmm. writing. And also people often get a lot of um, writer's block. And so I help them to prevent writer's block by creating environments of creativity, uh, showing them mm-hmm. how to capture those thoughts and ideas so that they can save them up for later for when those blocks come, then you can go to your um, to your outlines that we create during the creativity block. And then that helps them to always have a free flow of content coming in and makes mm-hmm. it more effective.
0: Yeah, writing a book, as I understand it, based on what I've heard from others or seen or, or you know, Google University tells me it is a process that can sometimes span years, depending on the author and how they work. So I think your coach knew; it must have had an idea that you had, you know, writing that you just kind of kept around, maybe in your journaling, and and they challenged you because they knew that you could ultimately meet the expectation. You
1: know what's interesting about that is the challenge was made to all of us. There were uh, there were, uh, there were hundreds of us, right? So here's what I realized, and I use this in my coaching as well. Oftentimes, people can get anything done in the nick of time. They, they can get it done in the nick of time. The problem is we don't make people have enough nicks of time. We give them mm. an open-ended time frame. We give them... a a get around to it. And I love to say, get around to it. They don't sell around to it. I've been to Walmart and Amazon. They don't have any. (laughs) So if you can set a nick of time, like, all right, everybody, you you got until Friday. They know that Thursday, 1159 is the nick. You'll be Mm -hmm. surprised at the flood of stuff (laughs) that comes in at the nick of time. So I hand out nicks, like, you know, like they're really important <laughs> slips of paper around here.
0: <laughs> that is a good point that you make. A, a lot of folks, you know, talk about procrastination, right? And being procrastinators. But that's really what it is. You, you wait till the moment where you can no longer wait, where you have to perform or execute. And having more of those moments could actually allow you to be more successful Absolutely. in delivering results. Absolutely. Love it. <laughs> so Absolutely. you mentioned in your program, you have what, usually six months to a year for your yeah. uh, clients to write a book.
1: In the group program, uh, when we're working one-on-one, it really, there, it depends if we've got to go all the way from discovery to manifestation, that could be a year. Um, if we're just taking one subset, some people start out saying, I don't want to be a coach. I just want to write my book. Okay. That's what we're going to do. And so it's custom to each individual, uh, Mm -hmm. but I have just found consistently, consistently, even the ones that say, I don't want to become a coach. I don't want, I just want to write my book. That at some point in the process, enough people have asked them how they did something that they finally relent and say, you know, I should be a coach.
0: (laughs) Well, that's interesting too. Do you think that these folks, obviously, you're attracting them? In one way or another, it can be your process. It can be the book that you wrote. It can be you as a person, your energy and and vibrancy uh, to the point where maybe they are not fully aware as to why they might be gravitating. And then as they go through your program, they might discover because they want to be like you. They want to contribute or impact in a similar way that you do.
1: That's really what each of us does, Evelyn. We, we do it, whether it's advertently or inadvertently, we attract people with similar energy. And mm-hmm. so that's why I always tell my clients and, and, and just about anyone is that if you start noticing that you're attracting energy that's depleting you, then you need to check your energy. Mm-hmm. Because we attract, water seeks its own level. Mm -hmm. Water seeks its own level. So I would like to believe that I am now at the place where I'm attracting people that want to genuinely help others, that want to genuinely see and feel the world as a better place, that want to genuinely impact community as a whole. And then first, let me say that that, that's the first step. That's the first step for almost everybody. But the, the issue is that there's a narrative going on in their head that they don't think that they can be profitable and do that. Sometimes it's because they think you can't be wealthy and do well-doing, that you can't do both, right? Sometimes they think that either you're after money or you're after helping, that you got to be either or. But once they're able to be around me and my husband, you you, you didn't, haven't met my husband, but my husband is also a coach. He's a sales coach. Once you've been, had an Opportunity to be around the two of us, whether you're watching us on the Empowerment Duo Monday through Friday or you're coming to any of our workshops or webinars, you see that you can love, desire to heal the world and become profitable at the same time. And that that doesn't detract from what you're leaving as a legacy. It increases it because we can give out of abundance. You can't give out of lack.
0: Mm hmm. That is so true. And you make a good point when it comes to the financial aspect. A lot of us coaches get into the field. You know, it may not have been the first career that we tried. I transitioned from another career into becoming a coach. And that was driven by wanting to help others, by wanting to impact Mm -hmm. positively and help, in my case, other women really embrace Mm -hmm. how they want to live. But... A lot of coaches that are out to help struggle when it comes to the financial aspect, right? Like you said, they don't feel like they can do both. They can have a positive impact and also earn money for that action. So there's a struggle and a contradiction there that they face.
1: Absolutely. It's a consistent contradiction. It's one that I'm often helping people to tear down. Um, as a, as an empowerment coach, I'm also a spiritually based coach. And I share that with my clients very early on. I don't infringe or try to impress my personal beliefs on anyone, but I also don't exclude them. And for me, the word of God is the foundation of everything. And there's so much biblical teaching about earning money that it doesn't make sense for us not to believe that doing good and earning money should not go hand in hand. And so I had to be healed from that myself. I'm fortunate that my husband is a sales coach. But in the very beginning of my coaching, much like many other heart centered coaches, I was very, very impactful with what I was helping people to do and accomplish and become, but I was very, very broke. (laughs) 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 Tell the truth and shame the devil.
0: (laughs) That is a reality for a lot of coaches until they find, you know, either the help that they need to cross that hump or to they devise a solution, something that is in alignment that allows them to merge those two together.
1: So it's a little bit of both because it's all, it, it also took a, a, a psychological shift for me. It took a psychological shift. I had to believe that universe, God source wanted me to be compensated for the experience, wealth of knowledge and support that I was giving to others. I had to believe that that was an even exchange. I had to believe that I was not doing anything to harm them, that I was helping them to shortcut their pain, to shortcut their suffering, to shortcut their time period from, from where they were to the success that they wanted. And when I became able to believe that, I was able to receive the compensation that went along with it and to require it. I mean, the word of God says, cash not your pearls before swine. I know that everything that I've gone through in my life, whether it has to do with coaching or anything else, it was wisdom, which was pearls. I knew that I paid for them. That's the other thing that a lot of times heart center coaches forget. Sometimes you paid for it with money. Sometimes you paid for it with pain. Mm -hmm. And either thing that you paid for it with, it should be an equal exchange of value for value. So if I'm giving away something for free that cost me desperately so much to gain, then I'm not valuing it properly. Mm-hmm. And so it helped me to really embrace that understanding.
0: So true. People forget, too, that coaches, you know, we... Do provide a lot of value that comes out of service that comes at no cost to the people that we're working with or trying to attract, right? And trying to build an audience, build our authority. And when a coach, you know, has a program, has an offering, or or is just outlining the cost of their services, it's not just some random hour, uh, hour, random dollar amount that they, you know, come up at the top of their head. It is based on the value the coach can provide from the effort, the time that they're spending, the actual reflection and making sure that what they're offering you is actually going to help you. And thirdly, from their experience, a lot of coaches, those that are successful as well, it's because of their personal experience. They're helping you like you said, to alleviate a pain point, give you a shortcut from point A to point B because they've lived it, they've experienced it. Yes. And that's why I
1: believe that it is important to uh, understand the system that I created to help my coaches with that is called the cash system. The cash systems help you build up the right to ask for the value that you See, have deemed fit for your program so the cash system allows you to not just express it but to build up to it because a lot of times what happens and i'm sure you've had this experience as well where a, a coach or somebody will come up and say hey this is who i am this is what i do and it's five million dollars <laughs> you know <laughs> you know it, that's just like saying hello my name is lisa would you like to get married Like there was no (laughs) in between there. Like, you know, you got to have some in between. And with the cash system, we allow, we teach our coaches to matriculate through a series of experiences, interactions with their clients that allow them, almost encourage them to be willing to pay them more money for the next interaction because quite simply, they have shown value, more value than, than the person expected from that interaction.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And by using the cash system, you're doing it in the least amount of time, with the least amount of effort, with the experience and expertise that you have using a medium that suits your personality. So every cash system is unique, but every coach that comes through my system leaves with their own cash system.
0: I love that you have so many offerings that really tailor to different pain points with the clients that you work with, potential coaches or existing coaches. I think it's great that you have almost like a 360 Okay, we address the mindset here. We address, you know, telling your story. We address anything to do with the financial, right? How to, as you said, go up that ladder to build what you're going to ask for your offering. Mm -hmm. I have to ask, mm -hmm. has anyone told you at any point in your coaching career that your prices weren't what they expected them to be? Maybe too high.
1: So... Um, so no, I, and I'll explain why. Well, not since I have been successful. Okay. So I'll explain the difference between the two. Because remember, I told you in the beginning, I was really, really good and really, really broke, right? <laughs> really, really good and really, really broke. Good thing I'm cute. Because if you cute, if you're not cute and broke, you're in bad shape. But <laughs> so this, so here's the thing. One, one of the things, and I, and I am a very personal sales coaching certified as well. So I do include sales coaching as a part of my uh, curriculum because it's necessary. It's necessary for the sales coaches. Here's a tip for every coach listening. If someone is surprised by your pricing, then they don't know enough about your offering. They should never be surprised by your price because if they are surprised by your price, then you have either not done a good job of explaining the benefits that they're going to get out of it, or you have told them the price too soon. Because first of all, it's not a price. I'm not a sweater or a jacket. It's it's an investment. It's an investment in your coaching, right? It's an investment in the success of your business. It's not, that's why I don't have a sticker. I don't wear a tag. I don't, I don't have a price tag. You're not going to find prices on my website, but you also don't get to be my client until after we've had a series of conversations because I need to make sure, first of all, because every client is my report card, right? Every mm-hmm. client is my report card. So I don't even want to take on a client that I'm not suited for. If you're trying to learn astronomy, I'm not the coach,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? I, that's just not. If you're trying to teach um, um, yoga, I'm not the coach. That's that's not my that's not my wheelhouse. Nothing wrong with those things, but I would be I would be inappropriate if I was trying to offer something that I am not expert at, and I am an expert at teaching coaches who know their stuff how to build a business around it or helping people who have been through something to figure out what stuff they learned, showing them how to build it into a business and then become coaches. But I don't, I can't do that for just anybody random walking off the street. So we have a series of these, these consultations. The first one is free. Like I don't want you to invest anything other than your time until We both know that there's some value in our interaction. And I will do my very best, even in that first 30 minutes, to give you something that will benefit you. And then beyond that, then it's fit before fee. Then there is another session that we take. It's a small period of time. It's 60 to 90 minutes where we discuss specifically what your goal is. Now there is a cost for that, but it's nominal. It's small because I want to make sure that you're willing to invest in yourself because I'm going to invest my time in you. At that point, I encourage my clients to make a decision. You can take the session we've had now, use it as a blueprint and go off and make it happen on your own because I'm going to give you everything I got, all my energy, all my effort, all the knowledge that I can in that 60 to 90 minutes. At that point, They have a decision. They can go ahead and take this blueprint and make it happen independently. And for some people, that's all they needed. They needed a path, you know, a track to run on. And that's the exchange of value for value. God bless you. We're all we're all happy. But there are others that need to be held accountable and they need specific help along the way. That's when we identify which one of the three coaching programs is best for you. Or if we're working on your book, we decide whether or not you needed coaching and publishing or just publishing. And whatever that is, we determine together which one of those programs fit for you and cross-reference the investment with that and make it happen. But none of that is, is, it's not, it can't come as a shock because we've had enough interactions for you to see the value. I will also talk about what these things may cost in the universe. Mm -hmm. Like some coaches charge, charge a lot more. Some coaches charge four or $5,000 a month. Some coaches, you know, there's a lot of different programs out of there, out Mm -hmm. there, but then I definitely share what they will get from me and what the exchange of value is for that. Yeah, and so for those people that there. it fits, absolutely. And the ones that it fits, those are the ones that say, oh my God, I thought you were going to charge me so much more. <laughs> the, right? You know, <laughs> That's yeah, the you answer. That. That's the only answer you want from a new client. Oh my <laughs> God, I thought you were going to charge me so much more.
0: That is the ideal, right? That's all you're charging. Wow! Yes. I think those can folks I pay you that, now? <laughs> <laughs> I think those folks that say that that are actually surprised that you're not charging more is because one, they probably have had several interactions with you, or have come across you in so many points. They've learned about what you offer. They finally get on this call with you, you know, to talk one on one. But they believe in you to some extent to what you're offering, and so.
1: Absolutely.
0: That's where they're just like, you know what? This is a great value. I'm surprised you're not charging more.
1: Absolutely.
0: But then you Absolutely. have those who are like, oh, you're charging too much. And they don't know anything or haven't done any research. And they're like demanding things of you without having done their homework first. So it's like, how can you disparage what you're seeing in terms of pricing when you haven't even tried to learn? You've seen you've seen my stuff, right? You, you're either on social media, you're on my website, you have a forum there to learn a bit more and you're demanding this of me without you actually putting in your own effort.
1: Yep, but Evelyn, it wouldn't be their fault. It would be mine. If anybody came to me at that point when it was time to discuss the investment for the program and they gave that type of response, it would be because I didn't properly manage that interaction. It wouldn't be their Mm -hmm. fault. It's the responsibility of the coach. It's the responsibility of the one that holds the value to ensure that others respect the value. And there are times where you have to be willing to say, you know what? There's nothing I can say to this person that will, that they will see what the value is of my offering. And you know what mm-hmm. you're supposed to do at that point? You're supposed to not offer it.
0: Hmm.
1: not that offering. is
0: important that's something i tell like aspiring coaches too or even people who have been coaching that are still kind of learning you want to work with somebody that not only you can help but who is compatible who you know is going to actually benefit from your offering Absolutely. you don't just take clients because they come to you or because they're able to pay your fee no it mm-hmm. has to be mutually beneficial? Because as you said, they're also your report card.
1: They are. And I want straight A's. I want a 4.0 across the board. (laughs) That's all I want. I don't want anything less. And so I'm very, very studious about assessing my potential clients because it is not for everyone. I am not for everyone. I'm grateful that, I mean, it may have taken me 50 years. I'm 53 years old this year. It may have taken that long to realize that who and what I am, who and what I have gone through has a value in it, but you cannot discount me. This is not Kmart, Walmart, whatever. (laughs) You're not going to... you I have to be willing to say,
0: I I may not be the coach for
1: you. Mm -hmm. And that's okay.
0: There's so much power in knowing that though. Some coaches, especially when they're starting out, don't know that. They don't know how to articulate that. They just want to have clients. And so they they just bringing people on and understanding that you have a job, a service you're providing, especially if you're coming from the heart where you actually could do more harm than good if you take on a client that you're not a good fit for, that you're not the right
1: coach for. Absolutely. You could do more harm than good to your reputation, but worse to them. Yes. To them. And that, to me, as even as a coach, I mean, obviously we're not medical doctors, right? But I believe that the Hippocratic Oath applies. And that's number one, to do no harm.
0: Mm-hmm. To
1: do no harm, that what I do is so important that if I were to take advantage of or to take on someone that doesn't match my expertise, that I am disrespecting the gift that's been given to me.
0: Right, I agree with you thousand percent. 1, <laughs> so Lisa, we've heard about three offerings, right? You have the financial offering. You have the coaching offering. Well, they're all coaching offerings, but there's different focus. You have the self-publish of the publishing of the book and writing of the book. Any other offerings that you have?
1: No. So those are really the same offerings. Those are really, um, it's just coaching. Those are just the different Mm. stages of becoming a coach. You know what I'm saying? They all come into the same wheelhouse, they're just different stages. Some coaches come to me and they're already published, but they don't know how to market it. They don't know how to put it out there. They don't know how to leverage it. So then we may go through the process of simply republishing it or relaunching it and developing the systems and programs around it. These are all pieces of the curriculum, if you will, pieces oh, and parts gotcha. of the curriculum, but you oh, it's can one program. Yes. It's all one program and you could select which, which, or we would together, I almost said that incorrectly. We would together identify which pieces and parts you need because very many ladies come to me and I have clients that are men as well. Um, but very many of the ladies that come to me after our first session, they may have thought that they were in discovery because they didn't understand some things, but something clicked and they're ready to go to manifestation. So I'm not going to force you to take transformation. If you've already, if we've already transformed, I can't force the butterfly back into the cocoon, right? Mm -hmm. So we, we do account for some of those things moving forward. And it really is, um, it really is one offering with Mm -hmm. different pieces, different pieces and stages in it.
0: Gotcha. And do you still do one-on-one outside of, of the program? You mean um,
1: coaching, like life coaching or empowerment mm-hmm. coaching for someone that's, so that's really assessed during the discovery session or the initial consultation, because I have found that oftentimes I can do that initial consult, but if the person is at a place where they're going to really need a lot more growth and development. Then I have coaches that I've coached that that's what they do now exclusively. And I would much rather make that referral than to bring someone in with me that is not a good fit. Now, I've had people say, I don't care for nothing about your coach. I want you to coach me. (laughs) (laughs) And I say, she's good, she's good, she's amazing, she's the right fit. Obviously you can't force someone off, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but I do my best to make sure they're matched with what they need. And if that is, if that is not me, then I wanna make sure that I connect them with someone who is them, who is best Mm -hmm. for them. But yes, I do have some clients that I just work with one-on-one that are, you know, they're they're willing to make the investment that's necessary to work with me one-on-one and it works. It works. Cause I Those do, I do listening. still take one-on-one clients. I do, I do encourage um, people to join my groups, but we still have both. We still have both.
0: Gotcha. So for those of you listening, if you really push and convince her, make her a good offer, she might coach you one on one.
1: It's it's not a difficult offer. It's not a difficult offer. It's really it's more about time than it is about money, right? Yeah. When you're working one on one, we've got to make sure that there's enough scheduling. There's I can't I can't make time. I can't invent time. There's only so much time in the day. So I have classes, I have programs, I have podcasts, I have Mm -hmm. clients that I'm publishing and all these different things. So I just have to make sure that when you're coming to me for that, that there's also time within the schedule to make sure that you're getting the attention that you need.
0: Gotcha. I mean, you're a busy woman. You have this program that covers, you know, various topics. You're helping people to get published, writing books. Obviously you might offer some one-on-one mentorship in your program, Yes. You're going on podcasts, and you have all these marketing things. Like I, I can imagine that your time is is very slim. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it just has to be managed. Everybody yeah. has the same 24 hours in a day, and we just have to manage them.
0: Yes. So we're gonna put all the details of how to contact and connect with Lisa to learn more about her offerings and about her in general in the podcast and YouTube details, but Lisa, if you can tell
1: us how folks can connect with you anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. The best way to connect with me is directly get on my calendar. I love to talk to you. Just go to I am Lisa slash calendar and schedule a session. Let's talk and see if there's anything more to become of it. If you want to catch any one of my programs, uh, any one of my podcasts uh, at the at the Empowerment Duo page on Facebook is where my shows are aired. At the Empowerment Duo page on Facebook, uh, we also I also have a YouTube channel. I am Lisa Santiago, and um, I am I'm in Clubhouse hanging out now in the Clubhouse. <laughs> Lisa Santiago McNeil in Clubhouse. Lisa Santiago McNeil on Facebook. Lisa Santiago McNeil on the Gram. And um, I do respond to my DMs and my Facebook chats.
0: Slide in those DMs, people. (laughs) Slide in, slide in. (laughs) I'm actually going to connect with you on all platforms. And we're going to post all of that again in the podcast YouTube details. Guys got to go check her out. See what she's about. She has an amazing energy. If you're not watching and you're listening, go watch the YouTube later because she looks amazing. She's and cute. i to see it. She is cute. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa, any last uh, comments, any last words for the audience?
1: Absolutely, Evelyn. Thank you so much once again for having me. And I want to remind people that permission to be amazing has already been granted you have powers and abilities beyond you could even imagine. Continue to do your very best and allow success to find you. Thank you so yes. much for that.
0: I love that. I felt that. I feel like I can go out and conquer the world now. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much, Lisa. It was a pleasure having you. I've learned a lot in this conversation. I'm excited to continue following you on your journey and see how you continue to develop and impact the world. Everyone, Absolutely. as I always say, preparation, accountability, execution, and resolve are key to your success. Until next time. So as you know by now, we're all about informing and empowering women. Well, now there's the addition of the She Is Fab shop where there is empowered fashion, printables, journals, mugs, and face masks. Check it out at www.sheisfab.net. That way you can purchase something for the lady, woman, or girl in your life.